It's a setup. It's a setup. So that makes this episode six, Daniel track of the Weasley's Wizarding Twin Cast. Hey, I've got uh, Coors Banquet in hand. If you can hear that. Ooh, I can me. hear it. I can. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's rock, I guess. Let's rock. The, the Weasley's Wizarding Twin Cast. I don't know if I've ever tried to say it. Anyway. Okay. So chapter 16 is called Through the Trap Door. What do you think is going to happen, Dan, in this chapter? Well, I'm going to assume that the fluffy is guarding a trap door you know what you even just described the chapter art for chapter 16 it's a picture okay. of a three-headed dog at a little trap door so. yeah so he might be guarding oh, the sorcerer's stone because we know that at this point from the mm-hmm. centaur and hagrid mm-hmm. and everything um we know that already but through a trap door and then there's probably like a magically guarded room or something based on the enchantments and stuff we heard about in the last couple chapters all right all right my, yeah but yeah so, so what's the format here you're gonna read it i'm gonna and, read uh, and you should chime in as you see fit i might just take some pauses to drink water in uh which case you can describe how you're feeling in those moments copy that Let's all right in the years to come, Harry would never quite remember how he had managed to get through his exams when he half expected Voldemort to come bursting through the door at any moment. Yet the days crept by and there could be no doubt that Fluffy was still alive and well behind the locked door. It was sweltering hot, especially in the large classroom where they did their written papers. They had been given special new quills for the exams, which had been bewitched with an anti-cheating spell. They had practical exams as well. Professor Flitwick called them one by one into his class to see if they could make a pineapple tap dance across a desk. Professor McGonagall watched them, t- watched them turn a mouse into a snuff box, and points were given for how pretty the snuff box was, but taken away if it had whiskers. Snape made them all nervous, breathing down their necks while they tried to remember how to make a forgetfulness potion. Harry did the best he could, trying to ignore the stabbing pains in his forehead, which had been bothering him ever since his trip into the forest. Oh, everlasting. Mm. Neville thought Harry had a bad case of exam nerves because Harry couldn't sleep. But the truth was that Harry kept being woken by his old nightmare, except that now it was worse than ever because there was a hooded figure dripping blood in it. I would have nightmares about that. That's traumatizing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Harry is low key, like quite traumatized. Okay. Maybe it was because they hadn't seen what Harry had seen in the forest or because they didn't have the scars burning on their foreheads, but Ron and Hermione didn't seem as worried about the stone as Harry. The idea of Voldemort certainly scared them, but he didn't keep visiting them in dreams and they were so busy with their studying that they didn't have much time to fret about what Snape or anyone else might be up to. Their very last exam was history of magic. One hour of answering questions about batty old wizards who'd invented self-stirring cauldrons and they'd be free free for a whole wonderful week until their exam results came out. When the ghost of Professor Binns told them to put down their quills and roll up their parchment, Harry couldn't help cheering with the rest. That was far easier than I thought it would be, said Hermione, as they joined the crowds flocking out onto the sunny grounds. I needn't have learned about the 1637 werewolf code of conduct or the uprising of Elfric the Eager. Hermione always liked to go through their exam papers afterwards, but Ron said this made him feel ill. So they wandered down to a lake and flopped under a tree. The Weasley twins and Lee Jordan were tickling the tentacles of a giant squid, which was basking in the warm shallows. No more studying, Ron sighed happily, stretching out on the grass. 
You could look more cheerful, Harry. We've got a week before we find out how badly we've done, so there's no need to worry yet. But Harry was rubbing his forehead. I wish I knew what this means, he burst out angrily. My scar keeps hurting. It's happened before, but never as often as this. Go to Madame Pomfrey, Hermione suggested. I'm not ill, said Harry. I think it's a warning. It means danger is coming. Ron couldn't get worked up. It was too hot. Harry, relax. Hermione's right. The stone's safe as long as Dumbledore's around. Anyway, we've never had any proof Snape found out how to get past Fluffy. He nearly had his leg ripped off once. He's not going to try to get in a hurry. And Neville will play Quidditch before England, before Hagrid lets Dumbledore down. <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> Harry nodded, but he couldn't shake off a lurking feeling that there was something he'd forgotten to do, something important. When he tried to explain this, Hermione said, that's just the exams. I woke up last night and was halfway through the, my transfiguration notes before I remembered we'd already done that one. Harry was quite sure the unsettled feeling didn't have anything to do with work, though. He watched an owl flutter toward the school across the bl bright blue sky, a note clamped in its mouth. Hagrid was the only one who ever sent him letters. Hagrid would never betray Dumbledore. Hagrid would never tell anyone how to get past Fluffy. Never. But Harry suddenly jumped to his feet. Where are you going? said Ron sleepily. I've just thought of something, said Harry. He turned white. We've got to go and see Hagrid now. Why? panted Hermione, hurrying to keep up. Don't you think it's a bit odd, said Harry, scrambling up the grassy slope, that what Hagrid wants more than anything else is a dragon, and a stranger turns up who just happens to have a dragon in his, have an egg in his pocket? How many people wander around with dragon eggs if it's against wizard law? Lucky they found Hagrid, don't you think? Why didn't I see it before? What are you talking about, said Ron? But Harry, sprinting across the grounds toward the forest, didn't answer. Excuse me. Interesting. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm following. Okay. Hagrid was sitting in an armchair outside his house. His trousers and sleeves were rolled up, and he was shelling peas into a large bowl. Hello, he said, smiling. Finish your exams. Got time for a drink? Yes, please, said Ron. But Harry cut him off. No, no. We're in a hurry, Hagrid. <laughs> I've got to ask you something. You know that night you won Norbert? What did the stranger you were playing cards with look like? Yep. It's, a <laughs> it's a setup. It's a setup. What do you think? My goodness. I think I think it's a setup. <laughs> okay. In what way? In what way? I mean, well, let's let's hear what he looks like first. Hagrid says, dunno. He wouldn't take his cloak off. Okay, yeah, he's cloaked. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. So he might not be crawling like he's, I don't know. Um, well, here's, here's food for thought. Mm -hmm. uh, we had in our D&D &D campaign, we had a warlock, um, sure. which for anybody listening that would know anything about that, uh, you can do kind of, I think the spell is called transmogrification. Mm. Um, and it, it's an advantageous thing because basically uh, you can, you can kind of, mask yourself uh as a different race so oftentimes oh. uh, our warlock he was a different he was a different like race or species than the rest of us the rest of mm -hmm. the party and so he would just make himself look like a dwarf because he would fit in with the group of like humans and dwarves that way and would oh. be outcasted mm -hmm. um now uh i don't imagine this poker player was crawling around on the ground playing <laughs> poker so he probably I stood out uh, more then yeah. And so what I said before was if he was crawling around, he, I thought it was a werewolf at first, which it could have been 
a mm-hmm. sort of werewolf type, but I don't know. I think Voldemort very well could have been the one who gave him the egg. That's that's my bold prediction. Oh, so you think he played poker with Voldemort? I think he, <laughs> I think he could have. Yeah, because who's gonna sneak the egg in? Hmm. Mm. Yeah. Hagrid's just too nice. I don't know. What's Get, the end game? Advantage. The end game is to distract Hagrid mm-hmm. from anything regarding Fluffy mm-hmm. and uh, go steal the stone. It's one variable that he can take care of because he's busy raising a dragon. I don't know. Or okay. getting Hagrid in trouble for having a dragon. Mm. And then it, then then he's kind of out of the school, you know? Yeah. Okay. Know. These are my thoughts are all over the place, but I love it. I love this. Okay. Okay. okay good. Well, anyway, um, sorry. But regardless, it's a setup, whether it's actually Voldemort or not. Um, <laughs> I think there's some scheming for sure. It's a cloaked figure. Come on. Come yeah. On. I love you shouting over me as I read too. So that keep that okay, up. Good. That's funny. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. It makes more fun <laughs> for me. So uh, he wouldn't take his cloak off. He saw the three of them look stunned and raised his eyebrows. It's not that unusual. You get a lot of funny folk in the hog's head. That's, that's one of the pubs down in the village. Might have been a dragon dealer, mightn't he? I never saw his face. He kept his hood up. Harry sank down next to the bowl of peas. What did you talk to him about, Hagrid? Did you mention Hogwarts at all? Might have come up, said Hagrid, frowning as he tried to remember. Yeah, he asked what I did, and I told him I was a gamekeeper here. He asked a bit about the sort of creatures I looked after. So I told him and I said, what I'd always really wanted was a dragon. And then I can't remember too well because he kept buying me drinks. Let's see. Yeah, yeah. He said that he had the dragon egg and we could play cards for it if I wanted. But he had to be sure I could handle it. He didn't want it to go to any old home. So I told him after a fluffy, a dragon would be easy. And did he and did he seem interested in Fluffy? Harry asked, trying to keep his oh, voice calm. Oh, this dude spoiled Fluffy. Hagrid, drunk <laughs> Hagrid. Come on, man. Okay, yeah, this is a scheme. This is like, right, I love it. Uh, I love it. Chapter one, McGonagall, and she was like, Hagrid, is this really who we want to trust? <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, well, yeah. How many three-headed dogs do you meet, even around Hogwarts? So I told him, Fluffy's a piece of cake if you just know how to calm him down. Oh, God. Just play him a bit of music and he'll go straight off to sleep. Had Hagrid suddenly looked horrified. I, I shouldn't have told you that, he blurted out. Forget I said it. Hey, hey, where are you going? Harry, Ron, and Hermione didn't speak to each other at all until they came up to a halt in the entrance hall, which seemed very cold and gloomy after the grounds. We've got to go to Dumbledore, said Harry. Hagrid told that stranger how to get past Fluffy, and it was either Snape or Voldemort under that cloak. Yep. Okay. Been... So I'm I'm not that far behind, you know. Like, come on. <laughs> no, I'm I love it. You're well. saying stuff that's like the next paragraph. So <laughs> I'm on board. Let's mm-hmm. go. Okay. So maybe it wasn't a distraction. Then I mean, maybe the egg is simply like, just it's it's like a classic. Like, give the man what he wants so that he tells you things. Classic. Classic yeah. move. Mm-hmm. Cool. Okay. Let's see. Continue. Sorry. Uh, no, don't be sorry. <laughs> Hagrid told that stranger how to get past Fluffy and it was either Snape or Voldemort under the cloak. It must have been easy once he'd got Hagrid drunk. I hope Dumbledore believes us. Friends might back us up if Bane doesn't stop him. Where's Dumbledore's office? They looked around as if hoping to see a sign pointing them in the right direction. They'd never been told where Dumbledore lived, nor did they know anyone who'd been sent to see him. We'll just have to, Harry began, but a voice suddenly rang across the hall. I hope he's in his jammies. (laughs) 
What are you three doing inside? It was Professor McGonagall carrying a large pile of books. We want to see Professor Dumbledore, said Hermione rather bravely, Harry and Ron thought. See Professor Dumbledore, Professor McGonagall repeated, as as though this was a very fishy thing to want to do. Why? Harry swallowed. Now what? Uh, It's sort of a secret, he said, but he wished at once he hadn't because Professor McGonagall's nostrils flared. (laughs) Professor, Professor Dumbledore left 10 minutes ago, she said coldly. He received an urgent owl from the Ministry of Magic and flew off for London at once. He's gone, said Harry frantically. Now? (laughs) Professor Dumbledore is a very great wizard, Potter. He has many demands on his time, but this is important. Something you have to say is more important than the Ministry of Magic, Potter? Look, said Harry, throwing caution to the winds. Professor, it's about the Sorcerer's Stone. Whatever Professor McGonagall had, had expected, it wasn't that. The book she was carrying tumbled out of her arms, but she didn't pick them up. How how do you know, she spluttered. Professor, I think I know that that someone's going to try and steal the stone. I've got to talk to Professor Dumbledore. She eyed him with a mixture of shock and suspicion. Professor Dumbledore will be back tomorrow, she said finally. I don't know how you found out about the stone, but rest assured no one can possibly steal it. It's too well protected. But Professor, Potter, I know what I'm talking about, she said shortly. She bent down and gathered up the fallen books. I suggest you all go back outside and enjoy the sunshine. But this is wild. This <laughs> is wild. Okay, I have to interrupt. Go. So we had a D&D quest, I guess, for lack of a better term, mm-hmm. where we were trying to chase this, like, bad mage. Okay. Yep. It's bad wizard, whatever. Yep. We're going to call him for, for reference. <laughs> and so that in D&D, at least on the fifth edition that we were playing, the there's a portal spell where someone can craft a portal and then it stays there for some amount of time okay um and this is like crazy how we made a very very similar play okay my prediction of course but Uh um what we did we were in this we were in this little village and there were some tents and stuff and we kind of did some recon with uh a familiar kind of like a little impling um that could be concealed to stalk this bad wizard or who we thought was bad mm-hmm. and so one night he made a portal to go somewhere and we wanted to go in that portal to kind of stalk him and defeat him um so what we did was we did some recon there that tent had some guards the one he made a portal in okay um and we did something very very similar we had like this sending stone uh where we could send messages to somebody um, oh and we f- we faked a message to get the guards away. Um, oh. and so when the guards were away, it was go time. We could bring our whole party around the tent and then hop in the portal and chase, uh, his name doesn't matter, but the, this bad wizard Okay. Uh, in an attempt to defeat him. Mm-hmm. So that's, that. my prediction is skewed from our D&D experience, <laughs> but I feel like Voldemort or somebody else sent this message to Dumbledore to get him out of there. Yeah. And uh, now it's go time. Now he's going to go for the stone while he's away. (laughs) Okay, well, Harry agrees. It's tonight, (laughs) said Harry, (laughs) once he was sure Professor McGonagall was out of earshot. Snape's going through the trap door tonight. He's found out everything he needs, and now he's got Dumbledore out of the way. He sent that note. I bet the Ministry of Magic will get a real shock when Dumbledore turns up. Okay, so that's exactly what you thought. Good. But what can we, Hermione gasped, 
Harry and Ron wheeled around and Snape was standing there. Good afternoon, he said smoothly. They stared at him. You shouldn't be inside on a day like this, he said with an odd twisted smile. We were, Harry began without any idea of what he was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you want to be more careful, said Snape. Hanging around like this, people will think you're up to something. And Gryffindor really can't afford to lose any more points, can it? So why is Snape involved, though? I continue. Keep reading. <laughs> Harry flushed. They turned to go outside, but Snape called them back. Be warned, Potter. Any more nighttime wanderings, and I will personally make sure that you are expelled. Good day to you. He strode off in the direction of the staff room. Out on the stone steps, Harry turned to the others. Right, here's what we've got to do, he whispered urgently. One of us has got to keep an eye on Snape. Wait outside the staff room and follow him if he leaves it. Hermione, you'd better do that. Why me? It's obvious, said Ron. You can pr pretend to be waiting for Professor Flitwick, you know. He put on a high voice. Oh, Professor Flitwick, I'm so worried. I think I got a question on 14B wrong. <laughs> oh, shut up, said Hermione. But she agreed to go and watch out for Snape. And we'd be better stay outside the third floor corridor, Harry told Ron. Come on. But that part of the plan didn't work. No sooner had they reached the door separating Fluffy from the rest of the school than Professor McGonagall turned up again. And this time she lost her temper. I suppose you think you're harder to get past than a pack of enchantments, she stormed. Enough of this nonsense. If I hear you're coming anywhere near here again, I'll take another 50 points from Gryffindor. Yes, Weasley, from my own house. Harry and Ron went back to the common room. Harry had just said, at least Hermione's on Snape's tail, when the portrait of the fat lady swung open and Hermione came in. I'm sorry, Harry, she wailed. Snape came out and asked me what I was doing. And so I said I was waiting for Flitwick and Snape went to get him and I've only just got away and I don't even know where Snape went. Well, that's it then, isn't it? Harry said. <laughs> the other two stared at him. He was pale and his eyes were glittering. I'm going out of here tonight and I'm going to try to get the stone, stone first. You're mad, said Ron. You can't, said Hermione. After what McGonagall and Snape have said, you'll be expelled. So what, Harry shouted. Don't you understand? If Snape gets hold of the stone, Voldemort's coming back. Haven't you heard what it was like when he was trying to take over? There won't be any Hogwarts left to get expelled from. He'll flatten it or turn it into a school for the dark arts. Losing points doesn't matter anymore, can't you see? Do you think he'll leave you and your families alone if Gryffindor wins the house cup? If I get caught before I get to the stone, well, I'll have to go back to the Dursleys and wait for Voldemort to find me there. It's only dying a bit later than I would have because I'm never going over to the dark side. I'm going through that trapdoor tonight, and nothing you two say is going to stop me. Voldemort killed he's my 11. parents. Remember? <laughs> I know he's being badass here. This is. I, anyway, I know. I don't want to interrupt with that, but it's hilarious. Okay. Yes. But it's yeah. eleven, like wizards. I don't know. Like they probably have a stronger IQ than me at twenty-six. Yeah. <laughs> you're like yeah. as your sister, definitely, but like. No, there's nothing. <laughs> well, it, you can decide later. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, he's dropping some truth bombs here, right? Like he's yeah. like, listen, if like if Vold if Voldemort coming back is what's on the line, then like this feels more important than getting expelled from school. For like, sure, for sure. And he's mentions his personal vendetta because he he is his parents' murderer, so he's got right. You know, okay, keep going. 
He glared at them. You're right, Harry, said Hermione in a small voice. I'll just use the invisibility cloak, said Harry. It's, it's lucky I got it back. But will it cover all three of us, said Ron? All, all three of us? Oh, come off. You don't think we'd let you go alone. Of course not, said Hermione briskly. How do you think you'd get to the stone without us? I'd better go and look through my books. There might be something useful. But if we get caught, you two will be expelled too. Not if I can help it, said Hermione grimly. Flitwick told me in secret that I got 112% on his exam. They're not throwing me out after that. End of scene. (laughs) Yeah, okay. After dinner, the three of them sat nervously in the common room. Nobody bothered them. None of the Gryffindors had anything to say to Harry anymore after all. Oh, true. Still shunned. Still shunned. This was the first night he hadn't been upset by it. Hermione was skimming through all her notes, hoping to come across one of the enchantments that they were about to try to break. Smart. (laughs) Harry and Ron didn't talk much. Both of them were thinking about what they were about to do. Slowly, the room emptied as people drifted off to bed. Better get the cloak, Ron muttered, as Lee Jordan finally left, stretching and yawning. Harry ran ran upstairs to their dark dormitory. He pulled out the cloak, and then his eyes fell on the flute Hagrid had given him for Christmas. He pocketed it to use on Mm -hmm. Fluffy. He didn't feel much like singing. He ran back to the common room. We better put the cloak on here and make sure it covers all three of us. If Filch spots one of our feet wandering along on its own, what are you doing? Said a voice from behind the corner of the room. Neville appeared from behind an armchair, <laughs> clutching Trevor the Toad, who looked Don't as though he'd been this. making another bid for freedom. Nothing, Neville, nothing, said Harry hurriedly, putting the cloak back behind his back. Neville stared at their guilty faces. You're not going out again, he said. No, 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 said Hermione. No, we're not. Why don't you go to bed, Neville? (laughs) Harry looked at the grandfather clock by the door. They couldn't afford to waste any more time. Snape might even now be playing Fluffy to sleep. You can't go out, said Neville. You'll be caught again. Gryffindor will be in even more trouble. (laughs) You don't understand, said Harry. This is important. But Neville was clearly stealing himself to do something desperate. I won't let you do it, he said, hurrying to stand in front of the portrait hole. I'll, I'll fight you. Neville, Ron exploded. Get away from that hole and don't be an idiot. Don't you call me an idiot, said Neville. I don't think you should be breaking any more rules. And you were the one who told me to stand up to people. Yes, but not us, said Ron in (laughs) exasperation. Neville, you don't know what you're doing. He took a step forward and Neville dropped Trevor the Toad, who left out of sight. Go on then. Try and hit me, said Neville, raising his fist. I'm ready. Harry turned to Hermione. Do something, he said desperately. Hermione stepped forward. Neville, she said, I'm really, really sorry about this. She raised her wand. Oh, no. Petrificus totalis, she cried, pointing it at Neville. Neville's arms snapped to his sides. His legs sprang together, his whole body rigid. He swayed where he stood and then fell flat on his face, stiff as a board. Yep. Hermione ran over ran to turn him over. Neville's jaws were jammed together so he couldn't speak. Only his eyes were moving, looking at them in horror. What that might ring a bell from the movie. Yeah. Like, blue Neville. Yeah. Okay. What have you done to him? Harry whispered. <laughs> it's the full body bind, said Hermione miserably. Oh, Neville, I'm so sorry. We had to, Neville. No time to explain, said Harry. You'll understand later, Neville, said Ron, as they stepped over him and pulled on the invisibility cloak. But leaving Neville lying motionless on the floor didn't feel like a very good omen. (laughs) In their nervous state, every statue's shadow looked like filch. Every distant breath of wind sounded like peas swooping down on them. 
At the foot of the first set of stairs, they spotted Mrs. Norris skulking near the top. Oh, let's kick her just this once, Ron whispered in Harry's ear, but Harry shook his head. As they climbed carefully around her, Mrs. Norris turned her lamp-like eyes on them, but didn't do anything. They didn't meet anyone else until they reached the staircase up to the third floor. Peeves was bobbing halfway up, loosening the carpet so that people would trip. Who's there? He said suddenly as they climbed toward him. His, he narrowed his wicked black eyes. I know you're there, even if I can't see you. Are you ghouly or ghosty or wee student beastie? He rose up in the air and floated there, squinting at them. Should call Filch, I should, if something's a creeping around unseen. Then Harry had an idea. Peeves, he said in a hoarse whisper. The bloody Baron has his own reasons for being invisible. Peeves almost fell out of the air in shock. Uh, He caught himself in time and hovered about a foot off the stairs. So so sorry, your bloodiness, Mr. Baron, sir, he said increasingly. Your bloodiness. (laughs) My mistake, my mistake. I I didn't see you. Of course I didn't. You're invisible. Forgive old Peeves his little joke, sir. I have business here, Peeves, croaked Harry. Stay away from this place tonight. I will, sir. I most certainly will, said Peeves, rising up in the air again. Hope your business goes well, Baron. I'll not bother you. And he scooted off. Brilliant, Harry, whispered Ron. A few seconds later, they were there, outside the third floor corridor, and the door was already ajar. Well, there you are, said Harry quietly. Snape's already got past Fluffy. Seeing the open door somehow seemed to impress upon all three of them was facing them. Underneath the cloak, Harry turned to the other two. If you want to go back, I won't blame you, he said. You can take the cloak. I won't need it now. Don't be stupid, said Ron. We're coming, said stupid. Hermione. Don't be stupid. Sorry, yeah. I'm ruining the podcast. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought, I was like, did I say something? What? Wrong? <laughs> Harry pushed the door open. As the door creaked, low, rumbling growls met their ears. All three of the dog's noses sniffed madly in their direction, even though it couldn't see them. What's that at its feet? Hermione whispered. Looks like a harp, said Ron. Snape must have left it there. It must wake up the moment you stop playing, said Harry. Well, here goes. He put Hagrid's flute to his lips and blew. It wasn't really a tune, but from the first note, the beast's eyes began to droop. Hardly, Harry hardly drew breath. Slowly, the dog's growls ceased. It tottered on its paws and fell to its knees and then slumped to the ground fast asleep. Keep playing, Ron warned Harry as they slipped out of the cloak and crept toward the trap door. They could feel the dog's hot, smelly breath as they approached the giant heads. I think we'll be able to pull the door open, said Ron, peering over the dog's back. Want to go first, Hermione? No, I don't. (laughs) All right, Ron gritted his teeth and stepped carefully over the dog's legs. He bent and pulled the the ring of the trap door, which swung up and open. What can you see, said Hermione anxiously. Nothing, just black. There's no way of climbing down. We'll just have to drop. Harry, who was still playing the flute, waved at Ron to get his attention and pointed at himself. You want to go first? Are you sure? Said Ron. I don't know how deep this thing goes. Give the flute to Hermione so she can keep him asleep. Harry handed the flute over. In the few seconds silence, the dog growled and twitched. But the moment Hermione began to play, it fell back into its deep sleep. Harry climbed over it and looked down through the trap door. There was no sign of the bottom. He lowered himself through the hole until he was hanging by his fingertips. Then he looked up at Ron and said, if anything happens to me, don't follow. Go straight to the Owlry and send Hedwig to Dumbledore, right? Right, said Ron. See you in a minute, I hope. And Harry let go. Ooh. Cold, damp air rushed past him as he fell down, 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 and flump. 
With a funny, muffled sort of thump, he landed on something soft. He sat up and felt around, his eyes not used to the gloom. It felt as though he was sitting on some sort of plant. It's okay, he called up to the light the size of a postage stamp, which was the open trap door. It's a soft landing. You can jump. Ron followed right away. He landed sprawled next to Harry. What is this stuff? Were his first words. Don't know, some sort of plant thing. I hope it's here to break the fall. Or I suppose it's here to break the fall. Come on, Hermione. The distant music stopped. There's a loud bark from the dog, but Hermione had already jumped. She landed on Harry's other side. We must be miles under the school, she said. Lucky this plant thing's here, really, said Ron. Lucky, shrieked Hermione. Look at you both. She leapt up and struggled toward a damp wall. She had to struggle because the moment she had landed, the plant had started to twist snake-like tendrils around her ankles. As for Harry and Ron, their legs had already been bound tightly in long creepers without their noticing. Hermione had managed to free herself before the plant got a firm grip on her, but now she watched in horror as the two boys fought to pull the plant off them. But the more they strained against it, the tighter and faster the plant wound at them, around them. Stop moving, Hermione ordered them. I know what this is. It's Devil's Snare. Oh, I'm so glad we know what it's called. That's a great help, snarled Ron, <laughs> leaning back, trying to stop the plant from curling around his neck. Shut up. I'm trying to remember how to kill it, said Hermione. Well, hurry up. I can't breathe, Harry gasped, wrestling with it as it curled around his chest. Devil's snare, devil's snare. What did Professor Sprout say? Uh, it likes the dark and the damp. So light a fire, Harry choked. Oh, yes, of course. Uh, but there's no wood, Harry, Hermione cried, wringing her hands. Have you gone mad, Ron heard. <laughs> Are you a witch Magic. or not? Oh, right, said Hermione. And she whipped out her wand, waved it, muttered something, and sent a jet of the same bluebell flame she had used on Snape at the plant. In a matter of seconds, the two boys felt it loosening its grip as it cringed away from the light and warmth. Wriggling and flailing, it unraveled itself in their bodies, and they were able to pull free. Phew. Lucky you pay attention to herbology, Hermione, said Harry as he joined her by the wall, wiping sweat off of his face. Yeah, said Ron, and lucky Harry doesn't lose his head in a crisis. There's no wood, honestly. <laughs> this way, said Harry, pointing down a stone passageway, which was the only way forward. All they could hear apart from their footsteps was the gentle drip of water trickling down the walls. The passageway sloped downward and Harry was reminded of Gringotts. With an unpleasant jolt of the heart, he remembered the dragons said to be guarding vaults in the wizard's bank. If they met a dragon, a fully grown dragon, Norbert had ha Norbert had been bad enough. Can you hear something? Ron whispered. Harry listened. A soft rustling and clinking seemed to be coming from up ahead. Do you think it's a ghost? I don't know. It sounds like wings to me. There's light ahead. I can see something moving. They reached the end of the passageway and saw before them a brilliantly lit chamber, its ceiling arching high above them. It was full of small, jewel-bright birds fluttering and tumbling all around the room. On the opposite side of the chamber was a heavy wooden door. Do you think they'll attack us if we cross the room, said Ron? Probably, said Harry. They don't look very vicious, but I suppose if they all swooped down at once, well, there's no other choice. I'll run. <laughs> He took a deep breath, covered his face with his arms, and sprinted across the room. He expected to feel sharp beaks and claws tearing at him any second, but nothing happened. He reached the door untouched. He pulled the handle, but it was locked. The other two followed him. They tugged and heaved at the door, but
but it wouldn't budge, not even when Hermione tried her Alohomora charm. Now what, said Ron? These birds, they, they can't just be here for no, for decoration, said Hermione. They watched the birds soaring overhead, glittering. Glittering? They're not birds, Harry said suddenly. They're keys, winged keys. Look carefully. So that must mean he looked around the chamber while the other two squinted up at the flock of keys. Yes, look, broomsticks. We've got to try to catch the key to the door. But there are hundreds of them, Ron examined the lock on the door. We're looking for a big old fashioned one, probably silver like the handle. They each seized a broomstick and kicked off into the air, soaring into the mist of, of the cloud of keys. They grabbed and snatched, but the bewitched keys darted and dived so quickly it was almost impossible to catch one. Not for nothing, though, was Harry the youngest seeker in a century. <laughs> he had a knack for spotting things that other ah, people didn't. Yeah. <laughs> After minutes weaving about through the whirl of rainbow feathers, he noticed a large silver key that had a bent wing, as if it had already been caught and stuffed roughly into the keyhole. That one, he called to the others. The big one, there, no, there, with the bright blue wings. The feathers are all crumpled on the one side. Ron went speeding in the direction that Harry was pointing and then crashed into the ceiling and nearly fell off his broom. <laughs> We've got to close in on it, Harry called, not taking his eyes off the key with the damaged wing. Ron, you come at it from above. Hermione, stay below and stop it from going down and I'll try to catch it right now. Ron dived. Hermione rocketed upward. The key dodged them both and Harry streaked after it. It sped towards the wall. Harry leaned forward and with a nasty crunching noise, pinned it against the stone with one hand. Ron and Hermione's cheers echoed around the chamber. They landed quickly and Harry ran to the door, the key struggling in his hand. He rammed it into the lock and turned. It worked. The moment the lock had clicked open, the key took flight again, looking very battered now that it had been caught twice. Poor bird. I know. Poor key. key. Poor key. Ready? Harry asked the other two, his hand on the door handle. They nodded. He pulled the door open. The next chamber was so dark that they couldn't see anything at all. But as they stepped into it, light suddenly flooded the room to reveal an astonishing sight. They were standing on the edge of a huge chessboard behind the black chessmen, which were all taller than they were, carved from what looked like black stone. You know, I'm really glad that this is the first book because I slightly remember this scene. I don't remember what happens. I think one of them gets hurt, but Mm -hmm. I'm glad this is the first book Mm -hmm. (laughs) because this is like probably the extent of what I remember. I know. I remember you saying you remembered the scene. So I knew it would be out of the way soon. Good. Um, But yeah, it was very striking in the movie. So this is something that I've always remembered too. Um, Facing them way across the chamber were the white pieces. Harry, Ron, and Hermione shivered slightly. The towering white chessmen had no faces. Now what do we need to do? Harry whispered. It's obvious, isn't it? Said Ron. We've got to play our way across the room. (laughs) Behind the white pieces, they could see another door. How? Said Hermione nervously. Oh yeah, this scene's savage. I remember they like really, they really damage each other. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Oh, it's coming back. Okay. (laughs) Good. So you can picture that. I think, said Ron, we're going to have to be chessmen. He walked up to a black knight and put his hand out to touch the knight's horse. At once, the stone sprang to life. The horse pawed on the ground and the knight turned his helmeted head to look at Ron. Do do we uh, have to join you to get across? The black knight nodded. Ron turned to the other two. 
This needs thinking about, he said. I suppose we've got to take the place of three of the black pieces. Harry and Hermione, Harry and Hermione stayed quiet, watching Ron think. Finally, he said, now, don't be offended or anything, but neither of you are that good at chess. We're not offended, said Harry quickly. Just tell us what to do. Yeah. Well, Harry, you take the place of that bishop, and Hermione, you go there instead of that castle. What about you? I'm going to be a knight, said Ron. The chessmen seemed to have been listening because at the words, at these words, a knight, a bishop, and a castle turned their backs on the white pieces and walked off the board leaving three empty squares that Harry, Ron, and Hermione took. White always plays first in chess, said Ron, peering across the board. Yes, look, a white pawn had moved forward two spaces. Ron started to direct the black pieces. They moved silently wherever he sent them. Harry's knees were trembling. What if they lost? Harry, move diagonally four squares to the right. Their first real shot came when the other knight was taken. The white queen smashed him to the floor and dragged him off the board, where yeah. he lay quite still, face down. Oof. Had to let that happen, said Ron, looking shaken. Leaves you free to take that bishop, Hermione. Go on. Every time one of their men was lost, the white pieces showed no mercy. Soon there was a huddle of limp black players slumped against the wall. <clears throat> Twice, Ron only just noticed in time that Harry and Hermione were in danger. He himself darted around the board, taking almost as many white pieces as they had lost black ones. We're nearly there, he muttered suddenly. Let me think, let me think. The white queen turned her blank face toward him. Yes, said Ron softly. It's the only way. I've got to be taken. No, Harry and Hermione shouted. That's chess, snapped Ron. You've got to make some sacrifices. I'll make my move and she'll take me. And that leaves you free to checkmate the king, Harry. But do you want me to, do you want to stop Snape or not? Ron, look, if you don't hurry up, he'll already have the stone. There was no alternative. Ready, Ron called, his face pale but determined. Here I go. Now, don't hang around once you've won. He stepped forward and the white queen pounced. She struck Ron hard across the head with her stone arm and he crashed to the floor. Hermione screamed but stayed on her square. The white queen dragged Ron to one side. He looked as if he'd been knocked out. Shaking, Harry moved three spaces to the left. The white king took off his crown and threw it at Harry's feet. They had won. The chessmen parted and bowed, leaving the door clear ahead. With one last look, with one last desperate look back at Ron, Harry and Hermione charged through the door and, and, and up the next passageway. What if he is? He'll be all right, said Harry, trying to convince himself. What do you reckon's next? We've had sprouts. That was the devil's snare. Flitwick must have put charms on the keys. McGonagall transfigured the chessmen to make them alive. That leaves Quirrell's spell and Snape's. They had reached another door. All right, Harry whispered. Go on. Harry pushed it open. A disgusting smell filled their nostrils, making both of them pull up their robes over their noses. Eyes watering, they saw flat on the floor in front of them a troll even larger than the one they had tackled oh, out God. cold with a bloody lump on its head. I'm glad we didn't have to fight that one. Harry whispered as they stepped carefully over one of its massive legs. Come on. I can't breathe. He pulled open the next door, both of them hardly daring to look at what came next, but there was nothing very frightening in here. Just a table with seven very differently shaped bottles standing on it in a line. Snapes said Harry, what do we have to do? 
They stepped over the threshold and immediately a fire sprang behind them in the doorway. It wasn't ordinary fire either. It was purple. At the same instant, black flames shot up the doorway leading onward and they were trapped. Look, Hermione seized a roll of paper lying next to the bottles. Harry looked over her shoulder to read it. So it said, danger lies before you while safety lies behind. Two of us will help you, whichever you would find. One among us seven will let you move ahead. Another will transport the drinker back instead. Two among our number hold only nettle wine. Three of us are killers waiting hidden in line. Choose unless you wish to stay here forevermore to help you in your choice. We give you these clues for. Ready? Yeah. First, however slyly the poison tries to hide, you will always find some on nettle wine's left side. Second, different are those who stand at either end, but if you would move onward, neither is your friend. Third, as you see clearly, all are different size. Neither dwarf nor giant holds death in their insides. Fourth, the second left and the second on the right are twins once you taste them, though different at first sight. Hermione let out a great sigh, and Harry, amazed, saw that she was smiling, the very last thing he felt like doing. Brilliant, said Hermione. This isn't magic, it's logic, a puzzle. A lot of the greatest wizards haven't got an ounce of logic, and they'd be stuck in here forever. <laughs> but so will we, won't we? Of course not, said Hermione. Everything we need is here on this paper. Seven bottles, three are poison, two are wine, one will get us safely through the black fire, and one will get us back through the purple. But how do we know which one to drink? Give me a minute. Hermione read the paper several times. Then she walked up and down the line of bottles, muttering to herself and pointing at them. At last, she clapped her hands. Got it, she said. The smallest bottle will get us back through the black fire. Toward, toward the stone. Harry looked at the tiny bottle. There's only enough there for one of us, he said. That's hardly even one swallow. They looked at each other. Which one will get you back through the purple flames? Hermione pointed at a rounded bottle at the right end of the line. You drink that, said Harry. No, listen, get back and get Ron. Grab brooms from the flying key room. They'll get you at the trap door and past Fluffy. Go straight to the Owlery and send Hedwig to Dumbledore. We need him. I might be able to hold off Snape for a while, but I'm no match for him, really. <laughs> it's the first time he's acknowledged that, like, he's got to be a wizard against. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but Harry, what if you know who's with him? Well, I was lucky once, wasn't I? Said Harry, pointing at his scar. I might get lucky again. Hermione's lip trembled, and suddenly she dashed at Harry and threw her arms around him. Hermione, Harry, you're a great wizard, you know. I'm not as good as you, said Harry, very embarrassed as she let go of mm. him. Me, said Hermione, books and cleverness, there are more important things friendship and bravery and oh harry be careful <laughs> you you drink first said harry you are sure which is which aren't you positive said hermione she took a long drink from the round bottle at the end and shuddered it's it's not poison said harry anxiously no no but it's like ice quick go before it wears off good luck take care go hermione turned and walked straight through the purple fire Harry took a deep breath and picked up the smallest bottle. He turned to face the black flames. Here I come, he said, and he drained the little bottle in one gulp. 
It was indeed as though ice was flooding his body. He put the bottle down and walked forward. He braced himself, saw the black flames licking his body, but couldn't feel them. For a moment, he could see nothing but dark fire. But then he was on the other side, in the last chamber. There was already someone there. But it wasn't Snape. It wasn't even Voldemort. That's the end of the chapter. That's it. No, come on. <laughs> I'm gonna read the next one too. I don't know why I like forgot that there's two chapters, but fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> Who's uh, there? Who's there? Not a clue. I don't have any idea. <laughs> Normally I have predictions, but I'm stumped if it's neither of those two. David didn't know. <laughs> The name of the next chapter is The Man with Two Faces. Huh. You ready? I think I should make you sit in this. I'm like thinking. Yeah, Yeah. I'm like thinking. I don't know. Who would that be? If it's not Snape and it's not Voldemort, it's not Dumbledore. Unless he's smarter than the system. (laughs) He was like, Yeah, they sent me a message, but I wasn't gonna believe that. Are you kidding me? But I don't know. Or a different villain that we're about to learn about. Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> what do think of these? Stumped. What'd you think of the games? The games chapter? I really liked the puzzle. I really liked that. Yeah. Um, there's like a, uh, a game we grew up playing that, that one of the quests in the game is a similar scenario. Oh, really? You have to do a bunch of challenges to get to the next room. Yeah, it's, it's cool. I liked that a um, lot. So that was we really did cool. a amazing escape room it was harry potter themed oh that's here. a good point too yeah i mean you can just do an escape room and it's basically the oh same man thing. and they had this bottle like not the exact riddle i think but it was like a very similar riddle yeah and they had the seven bottles and so it was it was a delight to try you're to like oh, this is easy. And you're like oh this is the thing <laughs> <laughs> this is the thing yeah it was cute that is best escape rooms i've ever done this place trapped in minneapolis and st paul sweet this is diagonal alley <laughs> the name of the room. diagonal yeah <laughs> Love it. so that was delightful yeah the the chess playing all that chess playing over christmas paid off for yeah Ryan. yeah well, hopefully right. well hopefully. not doing well at the time but yeah <laughs> hopefully you can okay, get in so the that, room wow okay well let's let's do it let's run it you ready okay yeah i'm excited <laughs> chapter 17 the man with two faces okay it was quarrel it was Quirrell. <laughs> you Wait, is Quirrell Voldemort. Hold on. Ooh. How would he be? Never mind. Let's just go. Let's just go. You gasped Harry. Quirrell smiled. His face wasn't twitching at all. Me, he said calmly. I wondered whether I'd be meeting you here, Potter. But I thought Snape, Severus. <laughs> Quirrell laughed, and it wasn't his usual quivering trouble either, but cold and sharp. Yes, Severus does seem the type, doesn't he? So useful to have him swooping around like an overgrown bat. Next to him, who would suspect poor stuttering Professor Quirrell? Oh my, it was a reverse. Oh my, what do they call it? Oh, it's like a Rick and Morty episode. The, uh, ah. Man, I can't remember the phrase. It's like a cliche in movies. Um, let me look. I have to look it up. It's going to bother me. Okay. 
There's like bait and switch. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it's the uh yeah, bait and switch bait and switch. It's uh uh what do they call it in that though? You fell for it just like the 11 year olds, Dan. How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Let's go back to the IQ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. What was that called? Sorry, now I'm like in it. You're good. I love this because oh, a double cross. <laughs> oh, a double cross. A double cross. <laughs> okay. Anyway, yeah, let's go. I love this because when I read the series for the first time, I remembered enough of the first movie to know that this reveal was there. So to have you like it's revealed for the first time, it's beautiful. Uh, yeah. Wow. Okay. Jeez. <laughs> Harry couldn't take it in. This couldn't be true. It couldn't. But hold on. Harry, and you don't have to say a mm-hmm. word, but Harry's head didn't hurt when he witnessed Snape talking with Quirrell. So maybe Quirrell is just like actually a villain and not, I don't know. All right, keep going. Again, you don't have to say anything. I'm just, I'm brainstorming. <laughs> but Snape tried to kill me. No, no, no. I tried to kill you. Your friend Miss Granger accidentally knocked me over as she rushed to set fire to Snape at that Quidditch match. She broke my eye contact with you. Another few seconds and I'd have got you off that broom. I'd have managed it before then if Snape hadn't been muttering a counter curse trying to save you. No, (laughs) you're fucking kidding me. (laughs) You're joking though. Like, (laughs) why does Snape hate Harry so much if that's I don't remember this at all. Are you kidding? <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Sorry. Snape was, no, I love it. Snape was trying to save me. Of course, said Quirrell coolly. Why do you think he wanted to referee your next match? Ah, try- stop <laughs> it. JK, knock it off. <laughs> all these events. <laughs> Get out of town. Okay. He, was, <laughs> he was trying to make sure I didn't do it again. Funny, really, he needn't have bothered. I couldn't do anything with Dumbledore watching. All the other teachers thought Snape was trying to stop Gryffindor from winning. He did make himself unpopular. And what a waste of time when after all that, I'm going to kill you tonight. (sighs) Coral snapped his fingers. Ropes sprang out of thin air and wrapped themselves tightly around Harry. You're too nosy to live, Potter, scurrying around the school on Halloween like that. For all I knew, you'd seen me coming to look at what was guarding the stone. You let the troll in? Certainly. I have a special gift with trolls. You must have seen what I did to the one in the chamber back there. Unfortunately, while everyone else was running around looking for it, Snape, who had already suspected me, went straight to the third floor to head me off. And not only did my troll fail to beat you to death, but that three-headed dog didn't even manage to bite Snape's leg off properly. Now, wait quietly, Potter. I need to examine this interesting mirror. Oh. (laughs) What? Okay. (laughs) It was only then that Harry realized what was standing behind Quirrell. It was the mirror of Erised. This mirror is the key to finding the stone, Quirrell murmured, tapping his way around the frame. Trust Dumbledore to come up with something like this. 
but he's in London. I'll be far away by the time he gets back. All Harry could think of doing was to keep Coral talking and stop him from concentrating on the mirror. Uh, I saw you and Snape in the forest, he blurted out. Yes, said Quirrell idly, walking around the back of the mirror, to, or walking around the mirror to look at the back. He was on to me by that time, trying to figure out how far I'd got. He suspected me all along, tried to frighten me as though he could when I had Lord Voldemort by my side. Quirrell came back out from behind the mirror and stared hungrily into it. Yo, I think that answers that he's not the same person. Okay, so that's that's good. <laughs> it's not Harry looking at his demise right now. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Okay. Coral came back out from behind the mirror and stared hungrily into it. I see the stone. I'm presenting it to my master. But where is it? Harry struggled against the ropes binding him, but they didn't give. He had to keep Coral from giving his whole attention to the mirror. But Snape always seemed to hate me so much. Oh, he does, said Coral casually. Heavens, yes. He was at Hogwarts with your father, didn't you know? They loathed each other but he never wanted you dead. But I heard you a few days ago, sobbing. I thought Snape was threatening you. For the first time, a spasm of fear fitted across Quirrell's face. Sometimes, he said, I find it hard to follow my master's instructions. He is a great wizard and I am weak. You mean he was there in the classroom with you? Harry gasped. He is with me wherever I go, said Quirrell quietly. I met him when I traveled around the world. A foolish young man I was then, full of ridiculous ideas about good and evil. Lord Voldemort showed me how wrong I was. There is no good and evil. There is only power, and those too weak to seek it. Since then, I have served him faithfully, although I have let him down many times. He has had to be very hard on me, Quirrell shivered suddenly. He does not forgive mistakes easily, and when I failed to steal the stone from Gringotts, he was most displeased. He punished me, decided he would have to keep a closer watch on me. Coral's voice trailed away. Harry was remembering his trip to Diagon Alley. How could he have been so stupid? He'd seen Coral that very day and shaken hands with him in the leaky cauldron. Coral cursed under his breath. I don't understand. Is the stone inside the mirror? Should I break it? Harry's mind was racing. What I want more than anything else in this world at this moment, he thought, is to find the stone before Quirrell does. So if I look in the mirror, I should see myself finding it, which means I'll see where it's hidden. But how can I look, in, how can I look without Quirrell realizing what I'm up to? He tried to edge to the left to get in front of the glass without Quirrell noticing, but the ropes around his ankles were too tight. He tripped and fell over. Quirrell ignored him. He was still talking to himself. What does this mirror do? How does it work? Help me, master. And to Harry's horror, a voice answered. And the voice seemed to be coming from Quirrell himself. Use the boy. Use the boy. Quirrell Quirrell rounded on Harry. Yes, Potter, come here. He clapped his hands once and the ropes binding Harry fell off. Harry got slowly to his feet. Come here, Quirrell repeated. Look in the mirror and tell me what you see. Harry walked toward him. I must lie, he thought desperately. I must look and lie about what I see. That's all. Quirrell moved close behind him. Harry breathed in that funny smell that seemed to come from Quirrell's turban. He closed his eyes, stepped in front of the mirror, and opened them again. He saw his reflection, pale and scared looking at first. But a moment later, the reflection smiled at him. 
it put its hand into its pocket and pulled out a blood red stone. No way. What? It winked and put the stone back in its pocket. And as it did so, Harry felt something heavy drop into his real pocket. Somehow, incredibly, he'd gotten the stone. Well, said Quirrell impatiently. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> no, I don't have anything to say. Just keep keep going. What? Well, said Quirrell impatiently, what do you see? Harry screwed up his courage. I see myself shaking hands with Dumbledore, he invented. I, I've won the house cup for Gryffindor. Quirrell cursed again. Get out of the way, he said. As Harry moved aside, he felt the sorcerer's stone against his leg. Dare he make a break for it? But he hadn't walked five paces before a high voice spoke, through, though Quirrell wasn't moving his lips. He lies. He lies. Potter, come back here, Quirrell shouted. Tell me the truth. What did you just see? The high voice spoke again. Let me speak to him face to face. Master, oh. you are not strong enough. I have strength enough for this. Gosh, okay. Harry felt as if the devil's snare was rooting him to the spot. He couldn't move a muscle. Petrified, he watched as Coral reached up and began to unwrap his turban. No. Oh, what was going yep. on? The turban fell away. Coral's head looked strangely small without it. And then he turned slowly on the spot. Harry would have screamed, but he couldn't make a sound. Where there should have been the back to Coral's head, there was a face. The most terrible Ooh. face Harry had ever seen. It was chalk white with glaring red eyes and slits for nostrils, like a snake. Harry Potter, it whispered. Harry tried to take a step backward, but his legs wouldn't move. See what I have become, the face said. Mere shadow and vapor. I have form only when I can share another's body. But there have always been those willing to let me into their hearts and minds. Unicorn blood has strengthened me these past weeks. You saw faithful Quirrell drinking it for me in the forest. Ah, yep. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fuck yeah. Once okay. I have the elixir of life, I will be able to create a body of my own. Now, why don't you give me that stone in your pocket? He knows. So he knew. The feeling suddenly surged back into Harry's legs. He stumbled backward. Don't be a fool, snarled the face. Better save your own life and join me, or you'll meet the same end as your parents. They died begging me for mercy. Liar, Harry shouted suddenly. Quirrell was walking backward at him so that Voldemort could still see him. The evil face was now smiling. How touching, it hissed. I always value bravery. Yes, boy, your parents were brave. I killed your father first, and he put up a courageous fight. But your mother needn't have died. She was trying to protect you. Now give me the stone unless you want, to, want her to have died in vain. Never! Harry sprang toward the flame door, but Voldemort screamed, Seize him! And the next second, Harry felt Quirrell's hand close on his wrist. At once, a needle-sharp pain seared across Harry's scar. His head felt as though it was about to split in two. He yelled, struggling with all his might, and to his surprise, Quirrell let go of him. The pain in his head had lessened. He looked around wildly to see where Quirrell had gone and saw him hunched in pain, looking at his fingers. They were blistering before his eyes. Seize him, 
Seize him, shrieked Voldemort again, and Quirrell lunged, knocking Harry clean off his feet, landing on top of them, landing on top of him, both hands around Harry's neck. Harry's scar was almost blinding him with pain, yet he could see Quirrell howling in agony. Master, I cannot hold him. My hands, my hands. And Quirrell, though pinning Harry to the ground with his knees, let go of his neck and stared, bewildered at his own palms. Harry could see they looked burned, raw, red, and shiny. Then kill him, fool, and be done, screeched Voldemort. Quirrell raised his hand to perform a deadly curse, but Harry, by instinct, reached up and grabbed Quirrell's face. Arg! Quirrell rolled off of him, his face, his face blistering too, and then Harry knew. Quirrell couldn't bear to touch his bare skin, not without suffering terrible pain. He only, his only chance was to keep hold of Quirrell, keep him in enough pain to stop him from doing a curse. Harry jumped to his feet, caught, caught Quirrell by the arm, and hung on as tight as he could. Quirrell screamed and tried to throw Harry off. The pain in Harry's head was building. He couldn't see. He could only hear Quirrell's terrible shrieks and Voldemort's, Voldemort's yells of kill him, kill him. And other voices, maybe in Harry's own head, crying, Harry, Harry. He felt Quirrell's arm wrenched from his grasp, knew all was lost, and fell into blackness. Down, down, down. Something gold was glinting just above him. The snitch. He tried to catch it, but his arms were too heavy. He blinked. It wasn't the snitch at all. It was a pair of glasses. How strange. He blinked again. The smiling <coughs> face of Albus Dumbledore swam into view above him. The what? Sorry, I was coughing. The smiling face of Albus Dumbledore swam into view above him. Good afternoon, Harry, said Dumbledore. Harry stared at him. Then he remembered. Sir, the stone. It was Quirrell. He's got the stone. Sir, quick, calm yourself, dear boy. You are a little behind the times, said Dumbledore. Quirrell does not have the stone. Then who does, sir? I, Harry, please relax or Madame Pomfrey will have me thrown out. Harry swallowed and looked around him. He realized he must be in the hospital wing. He was lying in a bed with white linen sheets and next to him was a table piled high with what looked like half the candy shop. Tokens from your friends and admirers, said Dumbledore, beaming. What happened down in the dungeons between you and Professor Quirrell is a complete secret, so naturally the whole school knows. <laughs> oh my, okay. <laughs> I believe your friends, Mr. Fred and George Weasley, were responsible for trying to send you a toilet seat. No doubt they thought it would amuse you, but Madame Pomfrey, however, felt it might not be very hygienic and confiscated it. Send him oh. a toilet. <laughs> How long have I been in here? Three days. Mr. Ronald Weasley and Miss Granger will be most relieved that you have come around. They have been extremely worried. But, sir, the stone. <sighs> I see you are not to be distracted. Very well, the stone. <laughs> Professor Quirrell did not manage to take it from you. I arrived in time to prevent that, although you were very doing very well on your own, I must say. You got there? You got Hermione's owl? We must have crossed in midair. No sooner had I, had I reached London than it became clear to me that the place I should be was the one I had just left. I arrived just in time to pull Quirrell off you. It was you. I feared I might be too late. You nearly were. I couldn't have kept him off the stone much longer. Not the stone, boy. You. The effort involved nearly killed you. For one terrible moment there, I was afraid it had. As for the stone, it had been destroyed. It has been destroyed. Destroyed, said Harry blankly. 
but your friend, Nicholas Flamel. Oh, you know about Nicholas, said Dr. <laughs> sounding quite yeah. delighted. You did do the thing properly, didn't you? Well, Nicholas and I have had a little chat and agreed it's all for the best. By, but that means he and his wife will die, won't it? They have enough elixir stored to set their affairs in order, and then, yes, they will die. Dumbledore smiled at the look of amazement on Harry's face. To one as young as you, I'm sure it seems incredible. But to Nicholas and Perennial, it really is like going to bed after a very, very long day. Right. After all, to the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. You know, the stone was really not such a wonderful thing. As much money and life as you could want, the two things most human beings would choose above all, the trouble is humans do have a lack of choosing precisely those things that are worst for them. Harry lay there, lost for words. Dumbledore hummed a little and smiled at the ceiling. Sir, said Harry, I have been thinking. Sir, if the stone's gone, well, I mean, you know who. Call him Voldemort, Harry. Always use the proper name for things. Fear <laughs> of a name increases fear of the thing itself. Yes, sir. Well, Voldemort's going to try other ways of coming back, isn't he? I mean, he hasn't gone, has he? No, Harry, he is not. He is still out there somewhere, perhaps looking for another body to share. Not being truly alive, he cannot be killed. He left Quirrell to die. He shows just as little mercy to his followers as his enemies. Nevertheless, Harry, Aww. while you may only have delayed his return to power, it will merely take someone else who is prepared to fight what seems a losing battle next time. And if he is delayed again and again, why, he may never return to power. Harry nodded, but stopped quickly because it made his head hurt. Then he said, sir, there are some other things I'd like to know if you can tell me things I want to know the truth about. The truth, Dumbledore sighed, is a beautiful and terrible thing and should be treated with great caution. However, I shall answer your questions unless I have a very good reason not to, in which case I beg you'll forgive me. I shall not, of course, lie. Well, Voldemort said he only killed my mother because she tried to stop him from killing me. But why would he want to kill me in the first place? Dumbledore sighed very deeply this time. Ah, alas, the first thing you ask me, I cannot tell you. Not today, not now. You will know one day. Put it from your mind for now, Harry. When you are older, I know you will hate to hear this. But when you are ready, you will know. And Harry knew it would be no good to argue. But why couldn't Quirrell touch me? Your mother died to save you. If there's one thing Voldemort cannot understand, it is love. He didn't realize that love as powerful as your mother's for you leaves its own mark. Not a scar, no visible sign. To have been loved so deeply, even though the person who loved us is gone, will give us some protection forever. It is in your very skin. Quirrell, full of hatred, greed, and ambition, and sharing his soul with Voldemort, could not touch you for this reason. It was agony to touch a person marked by something so good. Ooh, that's deep. Mm. Dumbledore now became very interested in a bird out on the windowsill, which gave Harry time to dry his eyes on the sheet. When he had found his voice again, Harry said, and the invisibility cloak, do you know who sent it to me? Ah, your father happened to leave it in my possession, and I thought no. you might like it. Dumbledore's eyes twinkled. Useful things. 
Your father used it mainly for sneaking off to the kitchens to steal food while he was here. And there's something else. Fire away. Coral said Snape, Professor Snape, Harry. Yes, him. Coral said he hates me because he hated my father. Is that true? Well, they did rather detest each other, not unlike yourself and Mr. Malfoy. And then your father did something Snape could never forgive. What? He saved his life. What? Huh. Yes. What? <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> okay. Stop. Go, read. <laughs> you said, hold on. I took a drink well, of water. I, I didn't mean it. <laughs> I didn't mean it. Yes, said Dumbledore dreamily. Funny the way people's minds work, isn't it? Professor Snape couldn't bear being in your father's debt. Right. I do believe he worked so hard to protect you this year because he felt that would make him and your father even. Then he could go back to hating your father's memory in peace. <laughs> Aww. What? I know. That He still doesn't like him, but he, he's got like this debt to repay. Oh mm-hmm. my gosh. Okay. Harry wow. tried to understand this, but it made his head pound. So he stopped. <laughs> and sir, there's one more thing. Just the one. <laughs> how did i get the stone out of the mirror ah now i'm glad you asked me that it was one of my more brilliant ideas and between you and me that is saying something (laughs) you see only one who wanted to find the stone find it but not use it would be able to get it otherwise they'd just see themselves making gold or drinking elixir of life (sighs) my brain surprises even me sometimes (laughs) now Enough questions. I suggest you make a start on these sweets. Ah, Bertie Bott's Every Flavor Beans. (laughs) Are those the jelly beans? Yeah. Yeah. He says, I was unfortunate enough in my youth to come across a vomit flavored one. And since then, I'm afraid I've rather lost my liking for them. But I think I'll be safe with a nice toffee, don't you? They made that, didn't they? They actually made made a vomit flavored. Oh, God. I know. Gross. Okay. Sorry. He smiled and popped the golden brown bean into his mouth. And then he choked and said, alas, earwax. Oh. Gross. Oh, Madame Pomfrey. <laughs> Madame Pomfrey, the nurse, was a nice woman, but very strict. Just five minutes, Harry pleaded. Absolutely not. You let Professor Dumbledore in. Well, of course, that was the headmaster. Quite different. You need rest. I am resting. Look, lying down and everything. Oh, go on, Miss Pomfrey. Oh, very well, she said, but five minutes only. And she let Ron and Hermione in. Oh. Harry! Hermione looked Harry. like she was... <laughs> Hermione looked ready to fling her arms around him again, but Harry was glad she held herself in as his head was still very sore. Oh, Harry, we were so sure you were going to... Dumbledore was so worried. The whole school's talking about it, said Ron. What really happened? It was one of those rare occasions when the true story is even more strange and exciting than the wild rumors. Harry told them everything. Coral. Oh, I did. Okay. Coral, the mirror, the stone, and Voldemort. Ron and Hermione were a very good audience. They gasped in all the right places, like you, Dan. <laughs> and when <laughs> Harry told them what was under Coral's turban, Hermione screamed out loud. Yeah. So the stone's gone, said Ron, said Ron finally. Flamel's just going to die? That's what I said. But Dumbledore thinks that, what was it? Quote, to the well-organized mind, death is but the next great adventure. 
I always said he was off his rocker, said Ron, looking quite <laughs> impressed at how crazy his hero was. So what happened to you two, said Harry. Well, I got back all right, said Hermione. I brought Ron round. That, that took a while. And we were dashing into the owlery to contact Dumbledore when we met him in the entrance hall. He already knew. He just said, Harry's gone after him, hasn't he? And hurled off to the third floor. Do you think he meant you to do it, said Ron? Sending you your father's cloak and everything? Well, Hermione exploded. If he did, I mean, to say, that's terrible. You could have been killed. <laughs> no, it isn't, said Harry thoughtfully. He's a funny man, Dumbledore. I think he sort of wanted to give me a chance. I think he knows more or less everything that goes on here, you know? I reckon he had a pretty good idea of what we were going to try. And instead of stopping us, he just taught us, he taught us just enough to help. I don't think it was an accident he let me find out how the mirror worked. It's almost like he thought I had the right to face Voldemort if I could. Yeah. yeah I didn't really think about that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dumbledore's off his rocker. All right. Said Ron proudly. <laughs> Listen, you've got to be up for the end of your feast tomorrow. The points are all in and Slytherin won, of course. You missed the last Quidditch match because we were steamrolled by Ravenclaw without you. But the food will be good. At that moment, Madame Pomfrey bustled over. You've had nearly 15 minutes now out, she said firmly. After a good night's sleep, Harry felt nearly back to normal. I want to go to the feast, he said. To, he told Madame Pomfrey as she straightened his many candy boxes. She says, Professor Dumbledore says you are allowed to go, she said sniffly, as though in her own opinion, Professor Dumbledore didn't realize how risky feasts could be. And you have another visitor. Oh, good, said Harry. Who is it? Hagrid sidled in through the door as she hey. spoke. <laughs> as usual, when he was indoors, Hagrid looked too big to be allowed. He <laughs> sat next to Harry and took one look at him and burst into tears. Oh. It's all my ruddy fault, he sobbed, his face in his hands. I told the evil git how to get past Fluffy. I told him. It was the only thing he didn't know, and I told him. You could have died all for a dragon egg. I'll never drink again. <laughs> Dave and I pointed out that this is all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Rough night, never yeah. drinking again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I should be chucked out and made to live as a muggle. Hagrid, said Harry, shocked to see Hagrid shaking with grief and remorse, great tears leaking into his beard. Hagrid, he'd have found out somehow. This is Voldemort we're talking about. And he'd have found out even if you hadn't told him. <laughs> you could have died, sobbed Hagrid. And don't say the name. Voldemort, Harry bellowed. <laughs> and Hagrid was so shocked he stopped crying. I've met him and I'm calling him by his name. I've Please. met him. <laughs> <laughs> Please cheer up, Hagrid. We saved the stone. It's gone. He can't use it. Have a chocolate frog. I've got loads. <laughs> Hagrid wiped his nose on the back of his hand and said, that reminds me, I've got you a present. It's not a stoat sandwich, is it? Said Harry anxiously. And that at last Hagrid, and at last Hagrid gave a weak chuckle. Nah, Dumbledore gave me the day off yesterday to fix it. Of course, he should have sacked me instead. Anyway, <laughs> got you this. It seemed to be a handsome leather covered book. Harry opened it curiously. It was full of wizard photographs. Smiling and waving at him from every page were his mother and father. Oh. Sent owls off to all your parents' old school friends. Ask them for photos. I knew you didn't have any. Do, do you like it? Harry couldn't speak, but Hagrid understood. 
Harry made his way down to the end of your feast alone that night. He had been held up by Madame Pomfrey's fussing about, insisting on giving him one last checkup, so the great hall was already full. It was decked out in the Slytherin colors of green and silver to celebrate Slytherin winning the House Cup for the seventh year in a row. Ugh. Ugh. A huge banner showing the Slytherin serpent covered the wall and the high table. When Harry walked in, there was a sudden hush, and then everyone started talking loudly at once. He slipped into a seat between Ron and Hermione at the Gryffindor table and tried to ignore the fact that people were standing up to look at him. Okay. Fortunately, Dumbledore arrived moments later and the babble died away. Uh, another year gone, Dumbledore said cheerfully, and I must trouble you with an old man's wheezing waffle before we sink our teeth into our delicious feast. What a year it has been. Hopefully your heads are all a little fuller than they were. You have the whole summer ahead to get them nice and empty before the next year starts. Now, as I understand it, the House Cup here needs awarding, and the points stand thus. In fourth place, Gryffindor with 312 points. In third, Hufflepuff with 352. Oh my gosh, now I'm realizing the 150 hit was a lot. I know. Oh. Right? Okay, go continue. Hufflepuff with 352. Ravenclaw has 426. And Slytherin, 472. Yeah, that sucks. A storm of cheering and stamping broke out from the Slytherin table. Harry could see Draco Malfoy banging his goblet on the table. It was a sickening sight. Yes, yes, well done, Slytherin, said Dumbledore. However, recent events must be taken into account. The room went very still. The Slytherin smiles faded no a little. Way. Ahem, said Dumbledore. I have a few last minute points to dish out. Let me see. Yes. First, to Mr. Ronald Weasley. Ron went purple in the face. He looked like a radish with a bad sunburn. <laughs> For the best played game of chess Hogwarts has seen in many years, I award Gryffindor House 50 points. Oh, Gryffindor cheers nearly raised. Is he talking the about the mini game ceiling. too? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good. good. <laughs> Mega game. The stars <laughs> overhead seem to quiver. Percy could be heard telling the other prefix, my brother, you know, my youngest brother, got past McGonagall's giant chess set. At last, there was silence again. Second, to Miss Hermione Granger for the use of cool logic in the face of fire. I award <laughs> Gryffindor House 50 points. Hermione buried her face in her arms. Harry strongly suspected that she had burst into tears. Gryffindors up and down the table were beside themselves. They were 100 points up. Third, to Mr. Harry Potter, to Dumbledore, the room went deadly quiet. Sure. For pure nerve and outstanding courage, I award Gryffindor House 60 points. The din was deafening. Those who could add up while yelling themselves hoarse knew that Gryffindor now had 472 points, exactly the same as Slytherin. They had tied for the House Cup. If only, if only Dumbledore had given Harry just one more point. <laughs> Dumbledore raised his hand the room gradually fell silent there are all kinds of courage said Dumbledore smiling it takes a great deal of bravery to stand up to our enemies but just as much to stand up to our friends I therefore award 10 points to Mr. Neville Longbottom yes dude <laughs> yes yes Neville <laughs> Because he tried to stop him, right? Yeah. yeah he was buddy. ready to fight him. He's, 
open his fists up. And he got <laughs> petrified, poor guy. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> oh man. Love it. Someone standing outside the great hall might well have thought some sort of explosion had taken place. So loud was the noise that erupted from the Gryffindor table. Harry, Ron, and Hermione stood up to yell and cheer as Neville, white with shock, disappeared under a pile of people hugging him. He had never, Yes. He had never won so much as a point for Gryffindor before. <laughs> True. Yeah. Harry, still cheering, nudged Ron in the ribs and pointed at Malfoy who couldn't have looked more stunned and horrified if he'd just had the body bind curse put on him. (laughs) Which means, Dumbledore called out over the storm of applause, for even Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff were celebrating the downfall of Slytherin, we need a little change of decoration. He clapped his hands. In an instant, the green hangings became scarlet and the silver became gold. The huge Slytherin serpent vanished in a tower of Gryffindor, and a towering Gryffindor lion took its place. Snape was shaking Professor McGonagall's hand with a horrible forced smile. He caught Harry's eye, and Harry knew at once that Snape's feelings toward him hadn't changed one jot. (laughs) This didn't worry Harry. Yeah. This didn't worry Harry. It seemed as though life would be back to normal next year, or as normal as it ever was at Hogwarts. It was the best evening of Harry's life, better than winning at Quidditch or Christmas or knocking out mountain trolls. He would never, ever forget tonight. Harry had almost forgotten that the exam results were still to come, but come they did. (laughs) To their great surprise, both he and Ron passed with good marks. Hermione, of course, had the best grade, had the best grades of the first years. Even Neville scraped through his good herbology mark, making up for his abysmal potions one. (laughs) He had hoped that Goyle, who was almost as stupid as he was mean, might be thrown out, but he had passed too. It was a shame, but as Ron said, you couldn't have everything in life. And suddenly, their wardrobes were empty, their trunks were packed, and Neville's toad was found lurking in a corner of the toilets. Notes were handed out to all the students, warning them not to use magic over the holidays. I always hope they'll forget to give us these, said Fred Weasley, sadly. (laughs) Haggard was there to take them down to the fleet of boats that sailed across the lake. They They were boarding the Hogwarts Express, talking and laughing at as the countryside became greener and tidier, eating birdie bots every flavor beans as they sped past muggle towns, pulling off their wizard robes and putting on jackets and coats, pulling into platform nine and three quarters at King's Cross Station. It took quite a while for them to all get off the platform. A wizened old guard was up by the ticket barrier, letting them go through the gate in twos and threes so they didn't attract attention by all bursting out of a solid wall at once and alarming the muggles. You must come and stay this summer, said Ron. Both of you, I'll send you an owl. Thanks, said Harry. I'll need something to look forward to. People jostled as they moved forward toward the gateway back to the muggle world. Some of them called. Bye, Harry. See you, Potter. Still famous, said Ron, grinning at him. Not where I'm going, I promise you, said Harry. He, oh, Ron, and Hermione. go back home. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even think about this. He had such an I epic know. year. Oh, God. Okay. He, Ron, and Hermione passed through the gateway together. There he is, Mom. There he is. Look, it was Ginny Weasley, Ron's younger sister. But she wasn't pointing at Ron. Harry Potter, she (laughs) said. Look, Mom, I can see. Be quiet, Ginny, and it's rude to point. Mrs. Weasley smiled down at them. Busy year, she said. Very, said Harry. Thanks for the fudge in the sweater, Mrs. Weasley. Oh, it was nothing, dear. Ready, are you? 
It was Uncle Vernon, still purple-faced, still mustached, still looking furious at the nerve of Harry carrying an owl in a cage in a station full of ordinary people. Behind him stood Aunt Petunia and Dudley, looking terrified at the very sight of Harry. You must be Harry's family, said Mrs. Weasley. Oh, no. <laughs> Bubbly mom going for, <laughs> going for the kill. I like how oh. you and David reacted the same to that line, which I think is like because that she's so like our mom that way. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, here we go. We're just leaving. Uh, in a manner of speaking, said Uncle Vernon. Hurry up, boy. We haven't got all day. He walked away. Harry hung back for a last word with Ron and Hermione. See you over the summer, then. Hope you uh, have a good holiday, said Hermione, looking uncertainly after Uncle Vernon, shocked that anyone could be so unpleasant. (laughs) Oh, I will, said Harry, and they were surprised at the grin that was spreading over his face. They don't know we're not allowed to use magic at home. I'm going to have a lot of fun with Dudley this summer. (laughs) (laughs) And that's the end of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, that, that's good. That is excellent. Wow, I'm so happy I didn't remember that. <laughs> I'm so happy too. Oh my gosh, that was that was a wild ride. That was captivating. Oh man, I don't so even much. know. I'm I'm now I'm like interested. Now I feel bad for Harry though. He's got to go home. Ugh. You know, lame. I, Three yeah, months we'll too. It's like regular summer vacation. Is this where? I mean, you don't have to answer this. Is this where he meets Dobby? Mm. You don't have to answer this. You remember Dobby, huh? I mean, everyone knows Dobby. Come on. <laughs> but well, Dobby I will bet... come when Dobby comes. Okay, okay. <laughs> but because then there's like a interesting at home portion that I get to look forward to, I suppose. Yes. But... Oh my goodness! Yeah, that was that was wild. So so that teacher is dead though. Quirrell's gone. Yeah, I think they said he was dead. Or yeah, Voldemort left him to die. So when say yeah. left him, was he just like an energy? Like I don't know, Voldemort. Well, he says I'm like sh- he when he introduces himself to Harry, he says something like, "I am shadow and uh, vapor" or something. Yeah, right. So he like takes the form of what's his of Quirrell. Yeah, let's see if I sort of go back there. Um, I mean, it's two-faced. It's literally what the chapter's called, I guess. So that makes sense. Yeah. He says, see what I have become. The face said mere shadow and vapor. I have form only when I can share another's body. And he says, but there's always been people willing to let me into their hearts and minds. And then he says he used unicorn blood the past few weeks to strengthen him. Ah, to strengthen. So he was pretty weak for the past Mm -hmm. few weeks. I don't know. So we don't really have yeah. a, what's he been doing for 10 years yet, but. Right. We just know that he felt like once he got the Sorcerer's Stone and he drank the elixir of life, he will be, he would have been back. able to create a body of his own. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Voldemort is Oof. around. Yep. <laughs> Can't say alive really, but he's around. Yeah. That's pretty much what Dumbledore mentioned too was, well, he, you know, he has attempts here and there to be alive, but if we keep delaying the process, it's like, if we never stop delaying the process, he's never going to come to fruition, right? So. Right. So he's kind of saying like, I mean, he can be a shadow, I guess, but he's not a threat so long as we keep holding him off from like. Sure. Whatever. Now, okay. So prediction time. Uh Uh-huh. Now, I do wonder if, 
and I, I don't know if I'd like it or I wouldn't, but if the rest of the series is him finding bodies to be, and then eventually he finds a way to be himself by the end. Right. Because then if he's alive, then he can be defeated. But I imagine if he, because Quarrel's dead, I imagine if he's part of someone else, then he's just vapor and energy or whatever. Mm -hmm. Then you can't really kill him until he actually comes to fruition. But if that's the case, like what I remember from Chamber of Secrets is there's a snake. I don't know if that was him taking another body or not. I guess we'll wait and see. Mm -hmm. But that could be what the series looks like or a little different, maybe like that Mm -hmm. and skewed or something. But I don't know how I'd feel about that because, you know, my frustrations with like The Walking Dead, right? Yeah. Is you have zombies and then they solve the zombie problem and then you have bad people and then they solve the bad people problem. You lose a couple main characters and then life is happy and then it's rinse repeat then they have another zombie problem then they have another bad people problem and then they move and then they're happy for a minute so it's just like this Mm -hmm. cycle and that's what got me to stop watching it right I do know what that's like yeah so I based on the hype I I don't think it'll be so boring no right. offense to Walking Dead, but or people who no, watch it, but you. I mean, but TV for me, different... that wasn't my cup of tea. You know, not to be all UK on it, but <laughs> yeah. it wasn't my cup of tea. No, so. I feel similarly. I mean, like I think books and how they're different than TV series is the way. Like you know, if there's going to be a sequel, like I think shows have to be like sure. You don't know if there's going to be another, like if you're going to be renewed or whatever. So then they're always like, oh, I don't know, and they have to like start a new story again and then like finish it in that season. Yeah. And that's what makes it very rinse repeaty. I see. Um, but a book series was, it had a purpose the whole time, sort of. Yeah. I think I've gotcha. heard, and I haven't fact-checked this, but another podcast I listened to would mention how, like, this this book was her first book. So it could have stood alone, you know? But yeah. at the same time, we get hints at, like, stuff that, ha- like, comes up later. So she had been planting seeds, but. Sure. Um, okay. I think well, after this awesome. one was wildly successful, it was more like, okay, you know, you're going to get several books out of it. So you can right. be less like, you know, like I got to wrap it fully every time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, clearly there's, uh, I mean, there's a couple pieces, there's a couple things in the plot that aren't solved. Like Harry's obviously young, so he's still going to this mm-hmm. shit household in the summer or whatever. Right. Um, you know, Voldemort's obviously still out there um there's still a rivalry between him and Slytherin and him and Snape but now he knows why at least yeah what do you make of that um I mean I think it makes sense that like I I think there's like a saying in there somewhere about like a man who's in debt is a slave to like that person whatever yeah so and I, I do think like psychologically that's probably true it doesn't feel good to owe somebody right right um and I think they I think JK probably takes that and runs with it with this whole Snape thing for a while but I don't know I imagine there's a scenario in which he feels paid back and then it's back to like true rivalry and maybe mm-hmm. But I don't, it, it really sounds like Snape is not a bad guy. He's just Slytherin. Like he, that's his thing. 
<laughs> his thing is being slithery. Even Carl's just like, slithery. yeah, it's handy that he's just like bat-like and just being weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm like the normal one compared to him. You know, so if he's like, you know, all in on the whole Hogwarts Slytherin department and he has no other alter, 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 ulterior ulterior motives wow (laughs) brain fart that's okay if he has no ulterior motives then you know that might be the end of you know they might share an attitude toward each other throughout but it might not mean anything anymore and so we Mm -hmm. have to look at other scenarios and other people in the coming books Mm -hmm. um, and put our focus there but yeah i don't know we'll see Mm -hmm. we'll see that was really surprising that was really I, I see I was so excited to get that. to this place because I knew like since you got because again when I read this book like I did know how this book ended so I was like okay like I knew this was happening so it yeah wasn't as cool of a reveal and so I'm really glad it was that for you too but because it was that I feel like it it like okay like these books are gonna surprise you you know right right so yeah I mean that was that was awesome stone in his pocket and like wow i did not know i love the questions that he asked dumbledore at in the hospital as well because mm-hmm. it's i mean there's there's purpose to all of that and some things sort of unanswered like harry uh and why voldemort was trying to kill him versus his parents like his parents basically stood in the way um yeah yeah we didn't have that information before did we no we didn't they we thought that i I thought that Harry was more just like in mom's arms, right? Like, right. oh, sucks that you were here, but I might as well kill you too. Mm-hmm. And so then he tried to kill him too. But we've now learned that it wasn't that he tried to kill him specifically. Yeah. So that is. So there's definitely more to learn, and that probably won't even come up in the next book. I I I bet that's like a whole thing. Like that'll be mm-hmm. book the last book and then you go wow there's the light bulb (laughs) i see it i get it and then there's yeah some conflict but man yeah let's get let's get to book number two why don't we okay keep the ball rolling let me uh, let me look and decide how many chapters but i sent i sent you a link for a free pdf version if you want to read it okay um but if you're good on audible that's fine still i just dave and i were talking about it so i sent it to him yeah i think if there's like downtime and i want to read i'll read Mm -hmm. but if i'm commuting or something might as well just listen yeah so um how much do you read i'm not sure yet i'll text you but it'd be fun to do another one soon yeah very soon (laughs) I think so. I think I could get a couple of chapters knocked out definitely this weekend. Yay, that'd be cool. So yeah, I don't I don't see why we don't just keep the ball rolling. I really don't. All it's right. not something we have to wait for. It's old, it's it's old news for a lot of like a lot of people. Yeah. So I think I'm just so excited to like again my I'm trying to enjoy the moment because again, like Sorcerer's Stone, like to take it slow for me was yeah. like fun to take it at your guys' pace. Right. Uh, but I'm like, for me, my favorite books are the later books. And I think that's right. how most people feel. So, um, yeah, but I mean, these are important foundations, but I think as just stories work, it's more interesting, you know? Yeah. 
later for sure oh my gosh cool okay All well right, yeah bro. With what my homework is per se okay and uh we'll knock it out this has been this has been really fun today <laughs> all right we'll have Back fun to cleaning tomorrow. a little yeah, yeah same okay Love all right bro. talk to you later love you too bye bye